0: And we'll finish this off on some spring camp stuff. And we'll jump into recruiting to finish off this stream. Uh, you know, Travis J. I want to start off with first. Yep. Got to. I, 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 that was my risk it for a biscuit guy. I said, I'm going to name one dude that I think maybe has a chance to turn some things around. Travis J. Has been working with the ones we can say that. That's, that's out there. That's fine. Travis J is kind of bought in fully in a lot of different ways. And I go back to even last season where he bought in because he didn't have playing time, um, you know, didn't see the field and could have easily hit the transfer portal. But he stayed in, and I think hearing from a lot of the transfers coming in along with the newcomers, noting Travis as being the guy leading him – into the university, showing him around campus, getting him adjusted to academics, how practices are going to go. Hearing that from a lot of the newcomers kind of early on told me, man, Travis J is looking to turn things around here. Hey guys, it's
1: Terrence Nairn. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dogs. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, AKA E-Dub And how house. So we listening to Hear the Spear. Presented by No Game Day. Go Live,
0: Go Nose.
1: Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spirit, Go Nose.
0: This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spirit, presented by No Game Day. No Bloody.
1: But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. It's
0: great, Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, bro? man? I, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. S.S.O.D. Florida State or die and go Nose. William Barnum Floyd, gentlemen. What's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here's the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here live on a wonderful and beautiful Wednesday. Not in Tallahassee anymore, at least not me, Dustin, our editor-in-chief at com, is still holding it down, but I've officially moved, I've officially moved, I'm sure Dustin is so happy about that, but uh, I, if any of you have been listening to the show or watching on our live streams, kind of mentioned it a couple of weeks ago before spring break happened that I'd be moving down here to go a little bit more hands-on with our Tampa Bay Buccaneers outlet Bucks game day, so. Had a little bit of a true taste of that when we had Baker Mayfield come in here on Monday and have his introductory press conference into the organization. Go from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield, Dustin, a little bit of a change here in Tampa, but still going to be hands on with Noel game day and traveling up there for certain events, including the spring game and a lot of other things including of course the football season ahead so nothing much changes on that front the show continues but we're without VZ he's got a meeting to go to but that's fine we've got a lot of football to cover in spring camp D. Lou good to see you again did you have a good spring break it's great it's great to be back and like you said a
1: little bit of a change here now I am the only Florida State Insider left on the podcast so Anything I say kind of goes from here on out when it comes to practice observations. And, Logan, you're just going to have to hop on the train. So
0: I know, and I I don't know how I feel yet about that, but I will say at least whenever we are watching practices, both you and I do share notes together, and we're usually on the same page with a few players. But I will miss not being there to see Jared Verse absolutely dominate. OL versus DL drills, and then also a guy, which we'll talk about soon, a couple of freshmen, including Van Javish, Jacobs, starting off strong in spring camp. But yeah. nothing else changes coverage-wise at Nolgani.com. The show will go on. We'll continue to have guests. So going to try to make this as seamless as possible as I transition down here. But uh, as always, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. We definitely appreciate it. We've got a lot to talk about, D'Lo, since we didn't have a podcast last week. There's a variety of things, and I think what we should start off with is Florida State opening their 2024 season in Dublin, Ireland. I was driving down here, Dustin. My move-in day was last Wednesday, yep. and a notification pops up, and I have my, I'm driving, I've got my maps going, I'm like, what is what is happening? What, what's going on here? And of course that happens. And then Baker Mayfield news breaks too. So of course, you know, I knew something like that. That's how it always happens to me. Big news breaks. Either I'm at the gym or both of us are out grocery shopping, but of course mm-hmm. I'm moving down, but this one was huge. Florida state is going to open up their 2024 season against Georgia tech across the seas in Dublin, Ireland. First reaction Dustin to that and the news First reaction, I mean, man, it's just
1: kind of insane. You know, you don't really get many of these opportunities during uh, the college football season. I mean, literally, you know, one, probably one or two games maybe are played outside of the United States per year when it comes to FBS football. And for Florida State to have it be a conference matchup um, in an area like that where, you know, we heard yesterday during the press conference that Florida State held, it's going to be, a sold-out stadium. They're expecting over twenty thousand um, fans from the United States to come over, as well as I think they said ticket ticket buyers in twenty plus different countries. So I mean, it really just puts Florida State on a national stage, and you got to think it's going to be coming at a good time, where the trajectory of the program is currently trending upwards, and you're thinking you're going to be coming off a pretty successful twenty twenty three season, however that turns out. And uh, I guess what a stage for Mike Norvell, and Florida State to open up 2024, the first game that this program will be without Jordan Travis.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's probably, if you start looking into storylines all the way ahead of that, uh, you'll be without your star quarterback. Yes, you have another season with him in 2023, but holy crap, you're going to (laughs) debut a new quarterback across the seas. Uh, I mean – just as a personal side of things, I'm like, wow, how are we going to get over there? what are we gonna do? what's gonna happen I mean, we we've got, we've got to fly yeah but how many like what are the beverages looking like over there? I don't know if there's anybody in the chat that have some knowledge on that but those that has to be figured out pretty quickly. I guess we have some time though but for a guy like maybe. yourself I think there will be plenty of beverages that you'll enjoy. <laughs> That that will yeah we'll we'll have a whole itinerary set up for that and uh, should be a fun time but to have that kind of national coverage like that Dustin because this will be in week zero we've seen a few teams before like Northwestern play you you get that whole. Brand to get your brand out there, the national stage. And then, of course, you also get the Ireland fans, which if you go back and look, I don't know if any of you watch the Bucks for Seahawks game. That, by far, I think was the loudest and most interactive, engaging stadium I've seen across the seas whenever an American football game is being played. So when I saw it being Ireland and not these other places, maybe like London uh, and yada, yada, yada. You know Ireland comes and represents, and they do a damn good job coming to these sporting events. So you have a mix of Florida State fans that are going to be there. That I think, I, I believe, they were stating during the press conference, were one yeah. of the top teams, the best team, or the biggest yeah. fan base to go ahead and grab those tickets or early, well, then early grabs deposits. Being announced. Yep. So you add that in there. You add in maybe the Georgia Tech fans, but let alone FSU fans and the Ireland people sign me up it seems like a phenomenal time and you know just like Mike rovell and the rest of you know that panel there at the front with michael alford florida state's athletic director stating it's just good for the program to have this opportunity for their players and uh you know luckily florida state has a lot of of its fans that are not only in Tallahassee, maybe Florida, but they're everywhere across the country. And we kind of sometimes forget that just because we're so central here in Florida, but, uh, it's going to create an awesome, awesome, you know, opportunity for a lot of guys and a lot of families, a lot of parents, everybody to go travel and see, see their players, see their, see their kids play across the seas. It's a cool, cool thing. It's
1: a huge opportunity. Like you said, really these international games, they don't really happen that often. So when you have an American football game being played over in one of these countries, whether it's London or in Germany, like, like the Buccaneers are now in Ireland, where some of these college football games have been held over the last couple of years. I mean, these fans really come out, show out and and go all out for these games, you know, and I I think for Florida state, it's going to be in week zero. We've, we've already said it's going to be on the national stage last year. um, Northwestern and Nebraska nearly drew four and a half million viewers on Fox. So, I mean, you've got a thing that's going to be one of the highest rated games, if not the highest rated game um, very early in the 2024 season. And with it being on such a huge stage and having these overseas fans in attendance, I mean, you know, that could just attract more people to the Florida State fan base moving forward. And then not to mention, you know, this game was originally scheduled to be on the road at Georgia Tech. So there's really, I don't think, any negative to Taking this game, you're essentially taking away um, an away environment and now making it a neutral site where there's going to be a lot of energy in that stadium. And now, Florida State, they're going to have three bye weeks, it looks like, during the uh, 2024 season.
0: We've already got Tom from Facebook asking us some serious questions, a well ways away. But your thoughts on the game in Ireland starting quarterback Tate Rodemaker on the field? I think that's what he's asking here. I don't know. The fun thing about this, which we're going to get a true taste of, I want to preview a little bit of the spring scrimmage coming up on Saturday, is Florida State's going to be dealing out a variety of new quarterbacks, including we had on one of our previous episodes, uh, Luke Romanhawk. He came on and gave us a phenomenal interview along with Camden Fryer, Florida State's 2024 wide receiver commit, legacy commit also you know, there's going to be a lot of quarterback questions once Jordan Travis Lee uh, leaves the program here after this next season. So we'll get to that whenever it comes closer, but there's going to be a lot of question marks for their first game and let alone, you know, you're traveling across seas. So what a, what a cool experience for whoever quarterback ends up starting in that, in that game. And I do think too, you know, just depending on Georgia Tech, we'll see how they are in 2023, but this gives you a good good chance to start off your season in a strong way too, because then we know we heard from Mike Norvell talking about Florida State expecting to play again on prime time on Monday night on Labor Day night on that Monday and then going through and having their bye week. So you're looking at a national stage two weeks in a row for your brand. And if Florida State was able to capitalize and have a successful season in 2023, you know, it just adds up to where everything makes sense. And you can see where where Florida State has added a lot of personnel into that administration in the football program. And it's all head by Michael Alford. And he likes making moves. And sh- sure enough, mm-hmm. this was a damn good big move for Florida State and what you want to do for your brand. They're really
1: taking advantage of the scheduling. I mean, even when you look to last year, you know, doing the same thing, setting up the neutral site matchup with LSU on the Labor Day weekend, do, doing the same thing this year um, with LSU. But also, you know, you had the UF game come on a Friday night for the very first time, and that drew a ton of uh, national attention. So I think you're just really seeing um, Florida State, you know, the conference as well, working out these scheduling things and then getting Florida State in these primetime spots to uh, put the brand on display. And, I mean, to FSU's credit, it's it's paying off right now.
0: It sure is. That is for damn sure. Uh let's jump into we're gonna go back a little bit because like I said, we weren't we didn't have an episode last week. Let's go to, had to move on a Wednesday. I know. Let, let's go to Jermaine Johnson's All American Brick Ceremony. Dustin, you were firsthand on that. Had some phenomenal content going out on your Twitter throughout the whole weekend, but specifically this one. Minor Vell, a really passionate speech about his former FSU defensive end star. How'd that go? We saw the content, but anything behind the scenes kind of stand out to you? It looked like, I've never seen Florida State put on something like that, but I thought it was really unique that they got to do that and in, in front of the moor, And if anybody knows the moor, and looking down at those bricks there, those are some big bricks, some big names, <laughs> some big names, I should say. And for Jermaine yeah. to be that close right there to the Bobby Bowden's statue, says something about him. Yeah. Like,
1: like you said, I've never seen anything like that before. And it was a really cool setup and ceremony for Jermaine Johnson probably lasted about 20 minutes or so. You had Michael Alford come up and speak. Uh, Mike Norvell, um, Jameis Winston came up and spoke as well, which I thought was really cool. I mean, obviously those two guys didn't play together at the college level and Jameis played at FSU under a different coaching staff, but he was still able to come up there and show some support for Jermaine Johnson and Johnson himself came up there and spoke some words and it was just a really cool ceremony outside of, like you said, the Moore Athletic Center and I thought it was really well-timed uh, for Florida State, obviously being on the big Seminole Legacy recruiting weekend. So you had all of these recruits and, you know, important figures in the Florida State football coaching staff, but also across the athletic department and alumni, people that are important to Jermaine Johnson. You had Ja'Shawn um, Corbin and Kier Thomas out there, some former teammates supporting him as well. So just all of these people um, being there for that moment and, It was actually kind of funny. They had Jermaine Johnson. The brick was covered up with turf a little bit, so they had him get down there and cut the turf and told this story about how whenever they beat Boston College, um, they accidentally cut too much turf whenever they were getting stuff for the Sod Cemetery, with that being a a road win where Florida State was the underdog um, going into it. So they had him get down there and cut the brick out. And, yeah, like you said, I mean, right there next to – the Bobby Bowden statue, it's going to be there forever. And, you know, it's just crazy for them to have that kind of ceremony for a guy that was only here for one season. I think it really says a lot about the impact that Jermaine Johnson made in Tallahassee. I mean, look at where the program has kind of been trending since, and especially with what they're doing um, on the, the defensive edge and, and everything like that. So it was a cool moment, and, you know, Mike Norvell made it, very passionate and emotional as well.
0: I was about to say passionate and That's nothing shocking yeah. to anybody. If you're listening to any of his speeches, he doesn't need a microphone, but I think Dustin, <laughs> I think Jermaine Johnson is an advertisement for how well minor Bell evaluates players and bringing them in. And even if it is for just one year, how easily they can help accelerate them or utilize them in the best way possible. And also build that relationship to, have someone buy in from going to an SEC program, a big SEC program, Georgia, massive right now, to come over to Florida State for a year and build that success and play a pivotal role in changing everything. I could go through a list of everything we've talked about on this podcast for years of what need to be changed. And Jermaine Johnson, I think, is going to be one of those that set put down the flag and kind of created that to help build trust for other players across the country to give Florida State and Mike Ravel a chance, to be honest with you. And I think that's what also went into a little bit of Jared versus. And now it's kind of even ridiculous to think you get another season of Jared verse. But I think it went into a role there with Jermaine Johnson and Jared verse and making a decision. It just goes to show that this is going to, you know, it's going to I don't know, kind of extend things for some transfers moving forward. But for him to make that impact in a year is, is ridiculous. And I, and I like that Keir Thomas and Desha- Deshaun Corbin attended, what were they? Also transfers. So yep. it just goes to show, man. I, it's, you know, I, we talk about Mike Nervell, Mike Nervell, Mike Nervell, but there's also a lot of people behind the scenes that we don't mention as much that play a major role in how this, how this is becoming a successful trend in Tallahassee it's really unique what Florida State is doing I don't
1: think you can I don't think it should be taken for granted by you know us or or the fan base because a lot of coaching staffs around the country aren't like this of course the player development aspect has been really helpful for Florida State but just how they connect with these guys off the field and really build those relationships you know it's not it's not all about what someone's doing on the field you know no matter if you're having success or if you're struggling, those coaches are are still there for you no matter what. And I feel like, you know, you don't really get that across college football, especially in this day and age where, you know, it's starting to be dominated by NIL and the transfer portal and, and, you know, all of that. So for them to have made this connection in just one year with Jermaine Johnson, you know, a guy who played at, at Georgia and left, you know, a year before they won a national championship. And, you know, he was over, um, I think what what was it, Independence Community College as well. But a guy who has played at other stops, he said that Florida State is his home and this is the place that he's going to be coming back to over the years. So, I mean, I just feel like that says so much. And, yeah, you mentioned Keir Thomas, a guy who was there for one year, who was only a teammate of Jermaine Johnson for one year, being right there to support his teammate. And, I mean, the same thing with Corbin, you know. So, just – uh a really cool moment. I think it just kind of personifies the the culture that's going on at Florida state right now.
0: Dustin, I say we jump into a little bit of spring camp. We'll talk some observations in a minute, but I think it's worth mentioning uh, the Micah Pittman news, him missing a Mm -hmm. large amount of time, four to six months due to a hip injury. He shared this on his YouTube channel and, you know, I had noticed something odd of not viewing him, at tour of duty and then not see him at practice. And then him on his Instagram, first day of camp, he was in Colorado. And I was like, "Uh, this something's something's not right here. Something's a little fishy fishy. And sure enough, you know, we didn't get an official announcement for Florida state first. We got it from Micah Pittman himself off of his YouTube channel, but starting slot wide receiver Micah Pittman, you know, four to six months, you know, just depending on recovering, everything goes well. I mean, you're still looking at missing some time in the early parts of the season, uh, you know, and hip injuries are no joke whatsoever. I wish we had Austin on here because sure enough, he's got all the intel and details of hip injuries because he's gone through a few of those and still continuing to recover. But Man, you know, Florida State missing one of their big pieces on offense to begin at least the 2023 season.
1: Yeah, it's tough. Pittman said he he uh, had a they uncovered a tear in his uh, labrum and his hip. But then once the actual surgery happened, they realized that it was a full tear and it ended up it ended up being a more um, extensive surgery than they kind of thought going into The procedure. So, I mean, you're looking at the timeline, which he mentioned was four to six months. It could potentially be at that six month or maybe even longer timeline, depending how long it takes to come back from um, that completely torn labrum. Which you have to think that's a pretty stressful injury um, down there on the hip, especially for a wide receiver who's making a lot of cuts and and things like that. So, you know, that's that's a tough thing to come back from, and especially you know, Florida State. Pittman was huge on the punt return unit last year, a, a unit that had struggled in seasons prior when it came to muffing punts and, and just not fair catching punts, things like that. He, he really provided some consistency back there, and he wasn't a, a huge playmaker across the offense, but he still did enough to contribute in the receiving game and ended up with a, a career-best season at FSU. So, I mean, it really sucks for Pittman, a guy who's going to his final year of eligibility. And, you know, we're going to see who can step up for FSU starting right now in spring practice.
0: Yeah. Speaking of stepping up, I think we should maybe mention a few names that can take this role. And one thing about Micah Pittman, you can play wide receiver, but his physicality and blocking, I think is something Mm -hmm. that, uh, what really brought this off that what he brought to the offense and his skill sets. But I think there's a few names, you know, Mike Norvell, we heard from him on Tuesday evening speaking about this and maybe a few names to keep an eye out for some of those, including Darius Williamson, which I'm I'm Darion. high on. I'm very high on. What? Darion. I said Darion. I said Darion Williamson. It's not what you Darion. said. <laughs> what do you think I said? How how could what else could I say, Darion? You said you sound like you said Darius. What? <laughs> Darius Williamson. I don't the, so. rewind. I don't, um, I don't think Darius Washington is going to be playing slot wide receiver. I hope not. I hope not. But run it down. Run it um, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Someone clip it and tweet us, please. Uh, but no, yeah. I think Darian is a big one here. If I understand the Winston chatter, and I think this is something we're going to talk about all throughout spring camp. I'm not sold yet at 100% of Winston Wright. I think it's going to take a little while. I think this is a good true test for spring camp, giving him a full go and we'll see. And then the staff can evaluate after spring camp, but I'm not yet to say, boom, yeah, he's going to replace Micah Pittman's role. And Micah Pittman's role was a little bit different too. He could be, he kind of ran, he could do a lot of, a lot of different things. If, if Winston Wright is a full go, then he brings a different variety where he can blow off the top end of a defense. So, it's a different style of a player here. Um, and then also, you bring in Jaheem Bell, who is going to be utilized quite a bit in the slot, too, definitely in blocking schemes. Um, you could even use Kyle Morlock a lot. So you're going to see a, a, a variety of different guys in the slot. I think of Kentron Portier being more of an outside guy than any anything. And then I'll mention a true freshman, which we're going to talk about in just a few, with Van Javius Jacobs, a guy that can move in there, but he's going to have to put on some size because if you're in Magnor Bell's offense as a wide receiver, you've got to be able to block. If you're able to block, you're going to see more playing time. If you go back to Malik McLean, and this is where I'm going to kind of bring in Vendravius Jacobs in here. If Vendravius Jacobs wants to see playing time in 2023, he's going to have to block. And that that was one of the biggest reasons why we saw Malik McLean getting so much playing time and Vendravius Jacobs going to have to put on some size. He's got the, he's got the attributes the physical attributes to make those grabs and make the acrobatic grabs, put his body on the line type deal. But in order to be able to consistently play under Norvell and Atkins offense, you're going to have to block. So that's kind of my evaluation on what Florida State is going to have to figure out there in the slot. But I think it helps a ton where you brought in South Carolina South Carolina tight end transfer Jaheim Bell. We're going to see where it goes. I think Bell could uh, contribute there a little bit. And when
1: asked about a practice yesterday, Mike, Nor- Mike Norvell specifically mentioned um, Darion Williamson, Ja'Kai Douglas and Winston Wright. And important to note, all three of those guys dealt with injuries last year. Obviously, Wright missed the entire season, was able to get back, work, and practice a little bit. Ja'Kai Douglas was injured in the preseason and ended up returning later on. I believe it was against Georgia Tech, but during the second half of the season, and uh, Darion Williamson injured against Boston College while he was actually having um, the best performance of his career and then was able to come back and contribute a little bit in the bowl game so all those guys kind of getting back into the fold hoping to have a healthy season here starting with this spring and you know I would say out of the three of them right now probably Winston and Darion have been the most impressive so far but Ja'Kai Douglas might be the best route runner on the team and I mean that guy's extremely shifty as well so we'll see where it goes and I mean true freshman Vondravius Jacobs I'm sure we're going to get in here and talk about him in some detail but i mean man that kid looks like uh, he's got the makings of a future star i don't want to hype him up too early on but whenever it's been coming to these spring practices so far i think he had his his best day so far um yesterday but throughout these first couple of practices it just seems like every rep he's uh doing something to make a play
0: this is a good question here from Carol from Facebook. So, who replaces Micah Pittman at punt returner? And this is a major one. I didn't even mention this earlier, but like I said, Winston Wright, you know, Florida State has a lot of returners that they'll go out there and practice with. But Winston Wright, Rodney Hill, a redshirt freshman running back, you can try out there. I believe Andreas Jacobs also getting a chance there at punt return, Dustin during practice. Um,
1: yeah, I was trying to pull it up. I know,
0: I'm trying to trying to think of maybe who else can fit that role. Yeah, it seems like early on,
1: Vondravius Jacobs and Winston Wright have been taking a lot of reps when it comes to uh, fielding puns. But then I also think a guy like Ja'Kai can fit back there, maybe someone like Rodney Hill or, or Kaisea Holmes. So we'll see how it goes. I think it's probably better to have, um, I would say, a veteran – Back there more than a true freshman particularly with what we've seen over the last couple of years on Florida State's punt return unit so it's it's going to be tough to replace Pittman because I mean you have to think about it he was very solid average almost 10 yards per return and I don't think he muffed a punt the entire season I mean I can't remember one I can still remember the punt that it was either Keyshawn Hilton or Ontario Wilson muffed against UF and the regular season finale and 2021 so i can't remember Pittman dropping one last year i don't either wrong. i don't either the chat will certainly tell us he just wrong. brought the stability that they didn't have in years so, i mean that's going to be a tough battle to replace him and i think four state knows it's really important and I, I we also need to mention you know depending on how his recovery goes with that four to six timeline that he personally set during his youtube video that puts him back um august to october so i mean Potentially, you know, on the high end of things, if the rehab goes really well, he doesn't miss any time, and he's able to get back before Florida State plays their fir- first game. Or if it goes a little bit longer than expected, he's back, you know, by about a third of the season or so.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I would. I wish Micah all the best, and we'll be, I guess, tuned to his YouTube. I mean, that's a good way of gaining. Yeah, I wonder. We all have to. We all. Have, I have to set Wonder the notifications on now. I'm getting the news from Micah left and right and everything. It's no Wonder longer how Florida, from Florida State, State told about that one. <laughs> the notifications are now on for Micah Pittman's YouTube. So, um, but yeah, wish him the best for a full recovery there, and we'll see if we get any update further after spring camp. But not mm-hmm. expecting anything really extensive anytime soon.
1: Yeah, and I think the good thing about Pittman is. Um, he found a doctor that specializes in that type of surgery and has performed it on professional athletes and guys that have played in the NFL before. So, I mean, you know, he put himself in the best position possible, and we'll kind of see where things start to progress from here over the next couple of months.
0: All right, let's jump into spring camp observations. Florida State returned to the practice fields on Tuesday afternoon after a nice spring camp listening mm-hmm. to Mike Norvell's interview seemed pretty pleased but kind of wanted to see a little bit more tempo and that's expected you're coming back you're getting a little bit you got to get acclimated back to uh you know real life and everything I saw a lot of guys traveling and enjoying it as they should I would, too, if I'm going through these camps and everything and how straining it looks. I think they should have some time to go enjoy themselves. But it seems like everybody made it back health, healthy, which is the biggest thing. But, yeah, a little maybe one step behind on the tempo side of things. But he did enjoy seeing the physicality that the guys brought. Um, what kind of stood out to you? I know there's a few names. And I know we'll want to talk about Vandravius Jacobs, maybe some more lock in there, too. But overall theme, you know, did anything look different to you, Dustin, from what we saw in the first week? Not too much different. I would just say a lot
1: of enthusiasm for the guys to get back out there on the field. I thought it was a a pretty physical practice overall. But like you said, Norvell wasn't really happy with the speed of things at some times. And he also wasn't happy with um, how some players finished uh, after the play, which, you know, that's a that's a common theme that we've seen. Early in camp, so I think with them having that break and then getting back out there, he just wanted to be a little extra hard on those guys, get them back in the football mindset, especially with only one practice remaining on a Thursday afternoon before Florida State has their first scrimmage of the spring on Saturday, which is going to be an opportunity for some of these guys, the the 19 newcomers, to get their real first taste of competition at Florida State. I mean, you see the team drills during practice, but. They're going to amp it up a lot more on Saturday, put guys in certain spots and test them out. You know That'll be the first chance for some guys to start maybe getting a leg up on on different position battles. So I think Norvell's just trying to turn the intensity
0: up just a little bit um, to get these guys rolling. Yeah, we see Mike Norvell, and whenever he's yelling, it's usually just because they did not finish the play. And even if you fall or you go out of bounds – He's still got to run that extra 20 yards to finish it off. So that's just something that we've seen since day one of him arriving here in Tallahassee. A few names to note, and one of our practice reports was Vandrabius Jacobs, who continues to shine, making plays left and right. I had noticed him, both of us had in the first couple of practices, and it seems like he's keeping a consistent trend. Mike Norvell talking about him after practice saying, you know, he's he's doing very well. There's going to be times, though, where he's going to have his hiccups and he's going to be like, yeah, this is college football. Things are going to be a little bit different, getting adjusted to this, getting the playbook down, getting used to practices like consistently. That's something that Jacobs is going to have to do. But for him to keep, keep this up, and keep making plays against really good competition. I do like that Mike Norvell will have this where you have newcomers, you'll have true freshmen go against your veterans. And for him to make some plays against one of your biggest transfers that came into this class, Virginia cornerback transfer, Fentrell Cypress making a grab on him. I think it just goes to show that Vandrevious is here to compete, man. He's here to get better. And I think that he is feeding off of Mike Norvell's kind of work ethic, how things are going, how practices are flowing, and it's fitting well between both of them. But specifically, I I just like enjoying to I like enjoying this part of spring where you see young guys, definitely true freshmen coming in, early enrollees going to battle with some veterans, and I. I'm all about it, but that kid is special. Being able to watch him in person, uh, definitely before he even arrived at Florida State, seeing him at the elite camp this last summer, I was like, whoo, who is that? I mean, he was giving every DB problems, Dustin. There are
1: definitely some steps to be made, but coming out of the gate, I mean, there's, there's no question that Von Dravis Jacobs isn't blinking at, you know, jumping up a level of competition. Like you said, going – right at fintrell cypress a couple of times and and as i was saying earlier i mean it just seems like every rep especially the last couple of practices whenever he steps up there he's going out there to make a play and i mean whether that's getting a step on somebody on a route or like we saw yesterday um one of the quarterbacks went deep and, and jacobs had the presence of mind to come back to the football um grab it over a defensive back and then take it for what would be a touchdown and A game scenario. So he's just coming in as I think he's a little bit maybe more polished um, right now than some other wide receivers that we've come in that have come in as true freshmen. And I I think that goes to show what he did at the high school level. You know, one of the best in the state of Florida, one of the best in the country last year, almost 1600 receiving yards, um, 21 receiving touchdowns for, for Vero Beach High School in 2022 as a senior. So, I mean, he's kind of proven it with his production at the high school level, that he's already got a lot of these technical aspects as a receiver down. And he's still got some refining to do, honing in on, on certain things. And like you said, gaining weight, haven't really seen him much as a blocker yet. So that'll be an aspect to watch moving forward, because like Logan said earlier, that is a big aspect of this offense. The wide receivers, they've they've got a block and that sets up a lot of big plays for Florida State in the passing game and, and also in the running game. As well. So we'll see how that goes because size wise, he's technically the smallest receiver on the roster, about 175 pounds or so. But I mean, this kid is a playmaker. And if he keeps doing this throughout the entirety of spring camp, it's going to be hard to not give him some type of role in
0: 2022 or 2023. Sorry. I'll be honest with you. You got an offensive young guy making the plays. And then also on Tuesday, A defensive player, young guy, K.J. Kirkland, which K.J. Kirkland doesn't look like a younger player whenever he walks by going into practice and seeing him out there going against the wide receiver units. He doesn't look like a true freshman just because of his size and length that he brings. He's one of the guys early on in the first week where I had to continue to look at my FSU roster sheet and say, who is that number and wearing that and making plays out there, definitely specifically in one-on-ones. But Dustin, take us through. You put in the practice report a pick six that he brought, but can you run us through that play that he made Uh, for him to be making these plays kind of early on is something impressive? But he's someone that has flashed in front of my eyes throughout the last four practices, but for him to make a big play like that in splash on Tuesday has my eyes look a little bit closer to him, I will say. He's another true freshman that's been really strong
1: for Florida State early on in the spring. And, and yesterday, again, that pick six, Florida State, so just kind of set the picture, I guess, a little bit. Um, early on in practice, Florida State runs a two-minute type of tempo drill where basically it's 11 on 11, offense versus defense, and it's kind of like they try to drive quickly down the field and, you know, hurry up offense type of thing. So they were going through that. Um, Tate Rodemaker was in at quarterback, and he was looking to throw deep. And I think he just missed Kirkland for whatever reason. So Kirkland made a play on the ball, picked it off, and just took it the distance. And you had the entire defense running down there. Um, you had Mike Norvell running down there. I mean, it was it was a pretty – Cool moment to see. And then, you know, also later on in the practice, a fellow true freshman Quindarius Jones came away with an interception of his own that it might have been a pick six. I couldn't quite tell. But I mean, regardless, both of those two guys and along with Jacobs, I would say those are three freshmen that are really asserting themselves out of the gate. And I mean, making some plays in that, well, you know, for um for Quindarius Jones and for KJ Kirkland, making some plays in that defensive secondary and Jacobs on the other side of the ball, making plays um, deep down the field, over the middle. I mean, they've both – well, all three of them have looked pretty pretty good early on, and, you know, I think that just goes to show Florida State didn't have the highest-ranked high school recruiting class, and some of that can go to the number of guys they took. But when you look at the guys that they are bringing in, I mean, they look like quality players out of the gate. I mean, that's not even talking about Brock Lynn, who – I believe might be the only quarterback that hasn't thrown an interception so far in spring camp. I'll have to check my notes. And Lucas Simmons already the tallest player on the team is starting to look the part, needs to fill out a little bit, add some more weight, but he's starting to look the part. So,
0: I mean, some of these true freshmen, they came in ready to work. I was going to say, going back to that elite camp, Dustin, the one player that was giving Vandrevious Jacobs fits was Quindarius Jones. Yep. And then he not got the much offer. Later, I was about to say, not much later, who got offered? Quendarius Jones did. And I think that's just evaluating good on good. And for Vendravius Jacobs to go against him and have some trouble here and there with Quendarius Jones, it kind of created a quick evaluation. Yeah. James yeah. Jacobs is good. If he's having some fits with Jones, then we might need to take a look at this guy, maybe send out an offer. So uh, it's cool, kind of seeing these things the timeline and them develop and seeing them now on the practice field them going at it with once each other uh, and making plays is great to see but it, it shows there might be some good evaluations that this staff has made mm-hmm. early on
1: that's an important one to note because Jones got the offer that day and didn't publicly didn't publicly report another offer throughout the course of his recruitment that had some Florida state fans wondering in the last couple of weeks leading up to the early signing period like well, is this guy any good? Why doesn't he have any offers? Is there some type of problem? But even at me, like, asking around, like, is does – you know, is like, does he have – is he going to be able to academically qualify? And I mean, there were no issues. This was just a guy that Florida State got on campus, like you said, Logan, saw him participate in that camp and really liked what they saw, took his commitment about a month later or so after they uh, extended the scholarship offer to him. And, I mean, now you're seeing it early on what Florida State saw – um, last summer. And I mean, it's really paying off some of these evaluations that the staff has made. And I mean, it even goes to a guy like Brian Courtney, you know, someone who was a quarterback in high school, a tight end now who is really starting to grow up during his second year on campus. So it's going to be interesting as some of these evaluations begin to come to fruition.
0: Dustin, can you give us some, I know it's only been one practice I haven't been in attendance for, but Jaheim Bell on Tuesday, there's a question here from Anthony asking, do you guys see Jaheim Bell playing an even bigger role because of his skill set with the absence of Pittman? And we kind of touched on this earlier on in the show of who's going to be playing a slot a lot. And Jaheim Bell will be stretched out there quite a bit. Shoot, he could be stretched out there to the outside. That's just kind of how dynamic in the talent set that Jaheim Bell will bring to an offense. Definitely just thinking about what Mike Norvell can do with him. But – what is what did he look like on Tuesday? I know Kyle Morlock also had a good day. I'll I'll be honest with you, the day that I left, the tight end room had. <laughs> I, I we've never talked about a tight end room having the day. That, know, was the, that, that was the that was the Wednesday. Yeah, we we've never talked about a tight end room as, like making a splash. Yeah, maybe here and there. Okay, cool. You know, Cam McDonald making a play. You know, Marquise and Douglas, but. You know, Jaheim Bell, what did he look like on Tuesday? Did he look like he had a fun spring break or did he come back ready to work? It's been looking solid. I don't think any complaints so far. And he's a guy
1: that we expect, we said it before, to work in the slot, work at tight end, work in the backfield for to say, just kind of going to use him a little bit as a gadget type of player. So I don't think with Pittman going down, it necessarily changes that anything that they were going to do with Bell anyway but I will say you know it's just been kind of impressive watching him work so far cuz linebackers struggle to guard the guy he's a little bit too big too thick for safeties to really guard him if he gets an angle on them and also yesterday I mean he was getting some praise for his bro- for his blocking and some drills uh some positional drills against the defensive line while working with the offensive line so you know he's really been transitioning well for Fort State and then Kyle Morlock I mean he's one of four guys I've gotten written down here that have stood out the most during spring camp to this point. I mean, we were kind of making, I think he dropped a pass early um, on the Friday practice whenever Logan was heading out and we were kind of making a joke about it. But then after that, I mean, he just started making play after play after play. And like every pass that went his way. I mean, whether it was a diving effort or a one-handed effort, it was like he was catching. It was like, Jesus. And then it came out yesterday and did the exact same thing. I mean, it just seems like every rep Kyle Morlock. If the ball comes his way, he's finding a way to get in position and make a catch. And you know, if he's not diving to the ground to go grab that ball, he's grabbing it and getting upfield for a big play. So I mean, it looks like Florida State has a hit right there. And I've got to mention Marquise and Douglas as well because he's another guy where you're maybe you're not seeing a ton of huge plays, but whenever the ball gets in his hands, he's catching it and he's making something happen. So. Those three guys in the tight end room, it it could really revolutionize what Florida State's been doing the last couple of years of that position.
0: I was going to say, Marquise and Douglas is one of Jordan Travis's favorite, to go, favorite go-tos, to be honest with you. He likes yeah. going to back because I think it is the consistency, Dust Dustin. He will hold on to the ball. He will catch it. And going back, you know, Cam would have his moments here and there with some inconsistencies and in games and, you know, Jordan wants to go to someone definitely, if he can just go to his comfort zone down below at the first level and find his tight end and that's where he's going to go to. So, uh, and plus he's not the easiest guy to take down. I think that's something Florida State and Coach Thomason they're going to be working on him with. Once you get that ball in your hand, keep keep your body up uh, because he can use that size, but I'd like to see him maybe drop that shoulder a little bit more. He likes to run tall a little bit. I want to see him drop the shoulder a tiny, tiny little bit. I mean, he is a big size dude, and that's, you know, I'm trying to tell a big monster to do something. Although his nickname is Biscuit, so that seems a little bit sweeter, but nonetheless, I do not want to get in front of Marquise and Douglas. So, but definitely, definitely, if he's dropping that shoulder, I can go and say, Night, night, I'm done. I'm put to bed. I'm not going to try that ever again. And that, I think that's something Marquise and, uh, should do more. Anything else worth mentioning from Tuesday's practice? D. Lou, I know there was some recruits in attendance, including Camden Fryer, Florida State's mm-hmm. legacy wide receiver commit. Um, anything else? I would just say for
1: me, specifically from Tuesday, um, we saw Fintrell Cypress get in on the turnover party. He was able to pull down an interception. Uh, and then Jerry and Jones as well, a veteran who's been around the program for a while. Jones coming out pretty strong during this fall camp. He's He's looked really good through the first couple of practices. Practices and you know, obviously, going to be tested with a guy like Cyprus coming into that defensive backfield. Um, and I would—I wanted to say, Jared Verse. You know, we haven't really talked about him much this spring camp. I think maybe now that we've seen him for a year, you can start to almost take what he does for granted. But this is a guy; it feels like he's beginning to elevate his play to another level. Obviously, coming off a season where he dealt with some injuries, wasn't a hundred percent for you know, probably over 50% of that season ever since he took that hit uh, in that game against Louisville on that Friday night in in September, went through the rest of the season, wasn't able to fully practice, um, according to to JP, whenever we spoke to him before spring camp uh, jumped off. But the last couple of days, you know, he's setting the tone before practice, coming in, talking to guys like we've seen in the past, and then on the field, I mean, just making it look absolutely easy at times. I mean, Jared verse, you can tell that he's coming back, not just to, not to play around. He's really coming back to do something. And you have to think of this guy's healthier than he was last season. I mean, the sky's the limit for what he could do on the field for FSU.
0: Jared verse, Jared verse, Jared verse. It was around this time last year, Dustin, we got our true first true taste of what he brings to a defense and just specifically one-on-ones and what he brings before you even get to practice. Uh, He's very, I don't know. He brings a lot of energy that I think this team needed last year. And it kind of grew him up a little bit because he is going to trash talk you. He's going to chirp you. And we see it every day at practice, whenever he's going against his one-on-ones going against his tackles, he will talk, Trashed to not only that player but the entire offensive line. But like he said, and Mike Norvell said, once they get off that practice field, it's you know it changes and it's not the same Jared Verse that it is whenever the helmet is on on the field. And you know Jared, I love that kid, love his nasty He was one of a really good interview. He was, when he was driving, I remember that interview that we had with him (laughs) while he was on his way, he was driving, uh, but gave us some time. And I, I, you could just tell from his voice, Dustin, he's got a lot of confidence and I was really excited to see how that was going to mingle and how that was going to work transitioning into a bigger program, a big brand, a big program at Florida state. And he was able to do that just off of Bringing and bringing that work ethic, but also being a good teammate off the field. And if you look at anybody's, you know, socials on the team, team players, his teammates, they're all around him. They're surrounding him. They love that guy. And, and it's football. Things are going to get chippy. That's how it goes. There's going to be some trash talking, but it seems like he keeps that kind of conserved just the practice field and then off the field things a little bit more laid back so i i I, it just still fathoms me and i don't think we really stress it enough that you have another jared Verse season ahead and if he's fully healthy and if you can have a fully healthy jared Verse season unlike you did last year i don't know i don't know man game changing
1: but i will say I, i think my overall top player right now through the first uh third or so of spring camp Miami defensive tackle transfer, Darrell Jackson, especially whenever the pads came on last Friday. I mean, dude absolutely dominated. Uh, Position drills, one-on-ones, whatever they're doing, team drills, anything, water breaks. I mean, dude is just absolutely dominating, um, especially whenever he's matched up one-on-one with somebody, uh, whether it's plugging a gap in the defense, working backside to make a tackle – on a running back that's working up to the second level. He's just been extremely impressive, especially for a guy who's six foot five, nearly three hundred and thirty pounds, for him to move like that, it's not quite fair. And we're still we saw it continue on uh Tuesday yesterday. He's gonna be someone that makes a big impact on that defense. Along with Fabian Lovett, who's been doing Fabian Lovett type of things. Another guy that maybe when we're watching practice, you know, you can type you can kind of take for granted what he does because we've been seeing it now for so long we're just used to it you know and then you look at Fisk he uh, looks pretty quick we saw one of those videos Tommy had it uh for us but running down with Coach Norvell beating him in the race I think Coach Norvell called him Captain Green Jersey or something like that but regardless <laughs> uh, that that dude has some speed obviously not a full go at the moment but whenever he is able to get involved it's going to be really interesting Florida State a lot
0: of talent Right, they're on the interior of the defensive line. Yeah, before I bring up that quarterback question, Tom's asking here about how's Fisk looking. Just like you said, Dustin, he was running full speed, still limited, and some contact things, and Norbell's told us that but it was funny after that race and after the practice Norvell saying you know I also had a pretty eventful spring break I was running around with my daughter so legs <laughs> a little strained but he did say Thursday's practice tomorrow's practice he's going to take on Fisk and we'll see who ends up winning that race that could be the big thing now in practice is who's going to beat or who's going to win against you got a lot of guys running see. now it's like up to there, six I or mean, seven and these are the big boys. These are – I think it's funny because I know, you know, we're there to watch it, and so if you're fans, the, these are – they're running to their drill spot where Odell Hagan's takes them all the way down the field, and they're doing practices and drills, warm-ups, and the end zone to start off practice. So the big boys are the only ones running here, and I think that maybe the thinnest here is maybe Dante Anderson and Byron Turner, but those are still – those are still big boys. But to see Fisk, you see – joshua farmer running with them it just it's it's fun to watch but to see fisk moving like that just so shows his athletic ability
1: and maybe there's even, a
0: question oh okay what were we gonna say i was gonna, gonna say you're gonna join even, in
1: maybe even better than that when it comes to fisk because you he's not even a full go right now and you already have guys like fabian lovett who's who spoke after practice uh, a couple weeks ago and then yesterday, Joshua Farmer speaking after practice. You got both of those guys singling out Fisk and talking about him and being excited about what he's going to bring to the room.
0: Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember asking. I remember asking Fabian Lovett about Fisk and you know getting to know him, and he said he just had a huge smile on his face and said, you know, he's good people. We have a great relationship, and I think that says something early on. And this is just should no longer be a shocker. Because, you know, Norvell does a really good job evaluating guys off the field before even getting to on the field. But uh, those two already have a really good relationship, it seems. There's a question on here from YouTube asking, how's that quarterback two battle looking from your view? Sorry if it's already covered. Go Knowles. And I think this one, Dustin, you and I will agree on not necessarily a battle, but it's more of looking at A.J. Duffy and Brock Lynn and seeing how much they can push to get to Tate Rodemacher's level, because right now you you got your QB1 and you got your QB2, and and, and to me is set in stone this spring. We got to see Tate Rodemacher's Play this last season. We won't go too in depth here on it, but you're really looking to see AJ Duffy take that next step. And really, I think it's more of a mental game for him. Mike Norvell called him one of the smartest players, definitely looking at the film room. Uh, Tony Tokars, we've had him on the show. He's talked highly of Duffy, but really, I think it really is the mindset for Duffy. And we saw a switch and a change there near the latter half of the season. And I think now with having Brock Glenn come in and the perseverance and attitude, the confidence to the leadership abilities that Brock Glenn has brought pretty early on into this camp is pushing A.J. Duffy, and that's exactly what you want to have on a football team, definitely if you're trying to grow some younger players, Dustin. You pretty much nailed it. I think it's going to
1: take something to unseat Tate Rodemaker as that backup to Jordan Travis just because of what he showed us last year with what he was able to do on the road leading Florida State to that comeback victory. Um, against Louisville, so right now it's really about you know is AJ Duffy going to start blossoming a little bit going into his second year in the system, second year at Florida State. You know he's already gone through um, spring practice before and he he's done all of these th- done all of these things. So now doing it again, is he going to be able to elevate his level of play? And I, I think you know it says a lot during the tour of duty. He he's really coming into the spring camp in excellent shape. In my opinion, I was I've been impressed with what he's done physically um, in the tour of duty and very early on in camp. And some of the strides are there. But I think it's just more about getting it down consistently, making the right reads, making the right throws, um, doing things the right way. And I think that's what Norvell wants to see, too. And as it goes for Brock, Brock Lynn, like you said, I mean, he's really bringing a mindset. Seems like a guy who's mature beyond his years and getting him getting him in early. Um, especially at this point, you know, with Duffy coming into his second year, I think it's huge as those two guys kind of push push each push each other and fight for the future. Because I mean, when you look at it, who knows once Jordan Travis moves on from Florida State? You know, is it gonna be Tate Rodemaker? Is it gonna be AJ Duffy, Brock Glenn, obviously here now? And then you're gonna have Luke Cromenhock in the future. I mean, that's a loaded quarterback room, and I think it's going to be big this year because we all know Jordan Travis is going to be the entrenched starter for FSU unless, you know, something happens like an injury or that. So that really gives Florida State an opportunity to evaluate these guys, put them in different scenarios, um, test them out to see who is going to be the signal caller for the future once Jordan Travis, who, I mean, man, might end up being
0: the best quarterback in the history of Florida State once he moves on. Oh, my goodness. Make, watch out. You might get clipped on that one, Dustin. Make well, sure you stay like stats-wise. Pull up,
1: pull up the stats.
0: That, yeah, you got to go off the stats-wise because you're about to have the Charlie Ward and the Jameis Winstoners coming after you.
1: We'll see what happens in 2023, I guess. Yeah, we'll Think see. If he,
0: makes it, if he makes it to that Heisman ceremony, a whole discussion is created. We will have a full-on podcast about but he can't do it, right? He doesn't have a W in his last name. That is true. Like, what do you do? Like that—that that whole theme changes a little bit. So we'll see what ends up happening here. Uh, one last thing here, because I want to go through all these questions. We haven't been on here in a week, so I want to go through these. This is from Ira Tech on YouTube, asking how's the offensive line looking? Just from what my evaluations were in camp. There's some. There's some guys still recovering. From injuries, There's also some shuffling going on. There is also newcomers going on. And then I think the biggest part is you add in Florida State's defensive line, which we were harping on earlier. It's taken a little while maybe to adjust. But I, I think we I don't really want to evaluate too fully on this offensive line play until maybe after this first scrim- spring scrimmage or even the second one, honestly. I might just wait until fall to be honest with you. I don't think it's too right of us to extensively give our grades on the offensive line at the moment. I know there's talent there. There's definitely bigger size and I think there's development still being worked on with some of the newcomers from even last year, but you know, you have the talent. just what about what coach Atkins is going to do with that unit. And that's going to play the biggest part, Dustin, but right now, yeah, that defensive line is able to, dominate but i think we also need to add in this line isn't fully fully healthy and there's also you're missing a few pieces if you think about robert scott too you're you're missing some guys in this room but this is why you went into the transfer portal and brought in some talent yeah robert scott obviously out for spring practice for
1: Florida state And I wouldn't say the offensive line is getting dominated. The defensive line has been dominant at times. But, I mean, you're still seeing positive signs from guys across the offensive line. And, I mean, heck, Jeremiah Byers might have already asserted himself as the best offensive lineman on the team. It really seems like wherever he ends up fitting in, whether it's right guard or right tackle, he's going to be a stalwart for uh, Florida State. And then same thing with Casey Roddick, a guy who's been coming on a little bit. He can move really well. For um, a guy his size, We've seen it a little bit when Florida State runs some screens or things like that, we were getting the offensive lineman out in space, and it seems like he could really be utilized on a, those type of plays in those type of packages for Florida State. And that's another guy, you know, kind of shuffling around a little bit. He can play either of the guard spots, he can play at center. It's kind of just where are you going to
0: fit the best? Absolutely. Let's uh, let's jump into. Some other things here, Dustin, I had noted on our docket here that we should probably go through maybe a, a few of, just few, I don't know, preview, little notes on Florida State scrimmage that they're going to be holding, and then we'll go into some recruiting just to finish it off. Dustin, Florida State will hold their first spring scrimmage on Saturday, um, yeah. a little bit, you know, a couple hours before noon. We'll be hearing from Minor Norvell, players I'm sure also coaches we did that last year so we'll be hearing from them uh, afterwards which will be good uh, because we will not be able to be there it would be nice for us to view some spring scrimmages the only, scrimmage. yeah the only good thing about spring or the COVID time was that we could go into Doke and watch those scrimmages and we got to tell you about a few players like Malik McLean who was getting a lot of early playing time that was a shocker to us just because of a true freshman getting that amount of reps early on. But I think, you know, looking at what Mike Revelle said yesterday, you know, talking about Jordan Travis not getting a lot of playing time, he'll get maybe a few reps probably like they did last year. He, you know, he got like a series, maybe a max of two, but it seems like they're not going to run him a whole ton. are specifically looking at some of these younger quarterbacks like A.J. Duffy. Um, and then of course, Brock Glenn, you know, Tay Rodemacher is going to jump in there too, but those, those two guys, your QB one QB two going to get some rest and then going to allow a lot of these younger guys to jump in. That's kind of how it is in the first screen, spring scrimmages anyways. Um, but that, I think like we were talking about earlier, those two guys need it the most. And so does a lot of those other skill players. And then, and we were talking about the offensive line. It's just, I think this is a big newcomer party. I don't think you'll see a lot of Fabian love it. Um, I don't think that you'll see a whole ton of Maurice Smith. I think there's just a lot of different pieces that coach Atkins is going to do on the offensive line to test a few things. And also coach uh, Sertan, you know, in his first year as a defensive back coach, he's going to have a good test and a good look at what his defensive backs are going to bring to the field, both at the cornerback position, uh, nickel, your safeties, who's going to fit, where fit best, who's, you know, who's been being able to go against some of the bat, the top competition it's just kind of like a little teaser before that second scrimmage in my opinion
1: I think that's the luxury of having a veteran laden team I mean you've got so many guys that have been in this program for years who are either big contributors or starters or stars I mean when you look at Jordan Travis and Fabian Lovett and it kind of gives for to say this luxury like We know what these guys bring. They've been bringing it for years in this system under this coaching staff. And you don't have to stress them as much during these periods. And then you can go deeper into your roster a little bit, Um, like you said, with some of the younger guys, um, even some veterans that, you know, are still pushing for spots and playing time and things like that. And focus on them in these type of scrimmages. And I think, you know, that could be a huge thing for Florida State moving forward in this spring because it allows you to keep these veterans healthy and it also allows you to test these other guys in an extremely competitive setting. So, I mean, a guy like vondravius Jacobs, for instance, who's been making these plays and position drills and one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens, when you put him out there in a competitive setting and 11-on-11, full contact, the music's blaring and dope. they've got the crowd noise turned up, is he mm-hmm. still going to be that playmaker that he is out there on Tuesday and Thursday? We're going to see, and I think it's a big opportunity. You mentioned uh, Coach Shirtan, the Florida State's coaching staff. They take these things very seriously. I mean, this is a game-like simulation. They're all going to have the headsets on. They're going to be, you know, communicating. They're going to have the signals and stuff. So, I mean, it's also getting him in a game-like situation for the first time, working with Adam Fuller over the headset, working with these players in in these uh, situations, you know, third down, third down, red zone, whatever, whatever they're doing. So I think it's big for a new coaching addition as well as for these players as well.
0: I'm glad Navy Noel, our guy from Discord in here, is asking this question. uh, How do our safeties look? And we'll finish this off on some spring camp stuff, and we'll jump into recruiting to finish off this stream. Uh, You know, Travis J. I want to start off with first. Got to. I I, (sighs) – I, I that was my risk it for a biscuit guy. I said, I'm going to name one dude that I think maybe has a chance to turn some things around. Travis J has been working with the ones we can say that that's that's out there. That's fine. Travis J is kind of bought in fully in a lot of different ways. And I go back to even last season where he bought in because he didn't have playing time, um, you know, didn't see the field and could have easily hit the transfer portal. But he stayed in, and I think hearing from a lot of the transfers coming in along with the newcomers, noting Travis as being the guy leading him into the university, showing him around campus, getting him adjusted to academics, how practices are going to go, hearing that from a lot of the newcomers kind of early on told me, man, Travis J is looking to turn things around here, and now he's working at the at the safety position back, you know, kind of where things all began for him a little bit. You know, he moved the corner a little bit, moved back to safety. Now Florida State and Coach Sertan keeping him at that safety position. He's looked pretty good. And we've always known Nolan he's a thumper. I saw in your report noting, you know, he he comes he came down and popped Rodney Hill. But, you know, this would be huge for Florida State if Travis J can get things clicking. And, and that defense, in my opinion, because then you're looking at Akeem Dent, who has probably the most experience, definitely playing time in that safety room, mm-hmm. and then you add in a young star with Shaheem Brown, Dustin. You're looking at a really nice safety room if definitely Akeem Dent can go back to being fully healthy, Shaheem Brown returns and, and good to go, and then Travis J. Things all circle around, and a phenomenal storyline is set for him in this 2023 season, but. Uh, just early on, though. It, it's great to see that. And you also have a Morion Cooper. Yep. But so just specifically, Dustin. Yeah, specifically, Dustin. What about Travis J? I mean, it, it could be a really cool story. It's so early. I know it's so early. I'm buying into things kind of early on here. But I just really like the attitude and the emphasis on buying in early from him.
1: I'm with you. It, it could end up being a really cool story because, I mean, you can't write off the type of potential that Travis Jay has uh, with the athleticism that he presents. And obviously a guy that's kind of flipped between safety and corner during his time at FSU, has had some some struggles off the field, wasn't able to suit up last year. You kind of went into it. But, you know, just for him to stick with the team, you know, eventually be able to, to uh, suit up, didn't play, but be able to be on the sidelines, dressed out with his teammates for – the cheese of bowl against Oklahoma and sticking with Florida state, despite, you know, some stuff that he went through. I think it says a lot about him, you know, his character and now where he's at as far as being bought in to uh Florida state and, and his coaching staff, you know, so it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I liked, I like what I've seen out of him early on. And I mean, that dates back to what we saw at tour of duty when, you know, he was the guy that was at the back of the line, at the back of the line whenever someone finished a rep and, they were leaning over tired or something like that. Travis Jay was going over there and them, picking them up, providing encouragement. So it's really been impressive to see, you know, what he's doing on the field, but also off the field, stepping up as a leader in this program, you know, with all that he's dealt with um, during his career at FSU. So it's going to be cool to see where it goes from here. And, yeah, you you know, Amarian Cooper has looked pretty solid at times for Florida State. I think Quindarius Jones and K.J. Kirkland both, you know, fit in very well at safety. I think both of them are going to end up fitting at safety full time throughout their careers at Florida State. I mean, we'll see how it goes, but they've both got the playmaking ability, the uh, the body type to kind of man that back end. And Shaheen Brown, still seeing some flashes there. I want to see it a little bit more consistently. But I think, you know, early on, you know, we're only four practices in, but I think Kurt, Coach uh, Sertan has to like what he's seeing uh, from his secondary, especially creating four turnovers on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, and I like this mentioned here on YouTube from our guy Mister Two First Names saying Travis J got to watch Jamie up close last season, has to have had made an impact. And I'll be honest with you, I think that's a really good point there. A lot of ways that Jamie Robinson was brought dropped down onto the line, and we know Travis J's physicality. We saw that in Madison County. You know, he's not afraid to come down and lay the wood, but you know, there's some certain things that he's got to take care of too. And coverage. And that was something that was one of his biggest inconsistencies. If that can be cleaned up and then if Florida State can find a way to utilize him kind of with how Jamie was last season. I really liked how Adam Fuller would use him in some games, definitely in the red zone because his versatility was huge. And Jay, and Travis J has that. He's one of the most athletic players on this roster for Florida State going into 2023. So we'll see you know, and continue to see what happens, but I would not be shocked to see after these two, after these next couple of, of scrimmages that Travis Jay's name is not mentioned. And um, that might be one of the things I'll ask Adam Fuller or even Norvell um, Saturday afternoon after that concludes. Uh, let's jump into some recruiting, Dustin, to finish off this episode of Hear the Spear, you know, I had stated before, a few guys visiting practices, a pretty busy week overall. I saw there's a Michigan State defensive back, current commit that is visiting. He was decked out in Florida State year. Maybe something to watch here. You don't usually see that as much <laughs> anymore, I don't think. But uh, any latest on the recruiting side of things, d Lou?
1: Yeah, been a minute. So, I mean, we kind of have to jump all the way back to the Seminole Legacy weekend where Florida State... 11 five-star prospects on campus, ranging from the 2024 class to the 2025 class. I think probably one of the biggest developments uh, coming out of it was from five-star running back Cam Davis, who's been committed to Florida State for over two years at this point. Obviously, a bunch of the schools, a lot of schools in the country, are trying to get him on campus for visits and to try and flip his commitment from Florida State. But coming out of the trip, Cam Davis said that He's in the process of shutting down his recruitment. He considered um, taking visits to other schools. Actually, had talked about a official visit to Colorado whenever we spoke to him in February, but said after doing some thinking and sitting down with his family, he decided it was just too late in the process for other schools to have a chance at him. So we'll see how that goes moving forward. But right now it seems like Cam Davis completely um, locked in with Florida State. And moving on, four-star offensive lineman Jason Zandamella kind of going to go here, bullet through bullet, make it a little quick, but um, four-star offensive lineman, Jason Zandamello, Florida State has taken the lead and has, it seems like a significant favorite in that recruitment. He's planning on committing in the summer, but I think right now it'd be a shock if, if he doesn't end up in the class. Forest State's coaching staff also really likes him a lot, probably the top center prospect um, on the board. Five-star cornerback, Charles Lester, big target that we've been talking about for a while, on the show, said coming out of the trip, he nearly committed to Florida State while he was on campus on Friday watching practice, was able to meet and speak with Jameis Winston for a little bit. And it seems pretty clear, you know, Florida State has the lead in this recruitment. Wouldn't be a surprise to me if maybe he's even a silent commit right now. But it only matters whenever those things go public. So we'll, we'll see when that happens, if it happens uh, want, for, for
0: Lester. I wanted to note on that, Jameis Winston meeting the Mike Norvell specifically, brought Lester over to Jameis and I'm sure, yeah. he was right there next to him. And uh Jameis, one of his, th- one of the first things he said was you're a DB. You know, cause Charles Lester isn't a small dude. He's definitely got the tall length on him. He's one of those taller cornerbacks, but Jameis Winston very impressed with the size and they chopped it up for about five minutes. And Mike Norvell left immediately once he brought him over there and let those two guys get to know one another. But that's one of the perks of having a guy like Jameis Winston be at the practices, and then you've also got some former knows like Jermaine Johnson, too, just chopping it up with a few recruits. It's uh, you know, it's just how it goes. That's what Florida State should do, and they're working to do that and build the build relationships with some of their biggest former stars that Minerville didn't coach, and getting them on campus, trying to do more of that is something that has taken a little while. But I think once you get some of these former guys, some of these former stars on campus, it's hard not to maybe – believe or at least buy into what Mike Norrell is trying to do yeah another Florida State quarterback I guess a future
1: Florida State quarterback that had around Charles Lesser a lot Luke uh doing some recruiting in Tallahassee for the Seminole Legacy recruiting uh, event and he was also there talking with Jason Zandamella at practice so I mean Cromanhawk, like he said whenever he came on here really trying to do his part um, taking over a little taking a leadership role in this class and I mean trying to boosted as far as he can. And, yeah, moving down the list, four-star safety, Travaris Banks, been at Florida State a couple of times this offseason. Another guy for Florida State right in the mix here. Uh, he's, they're going to get an OV, it sounds like, during the summer before Banks makes a commitment. No date yet, but, you know, that's one at Florida State really pushing for him at this time. Then moving over to the 2025 class, five-star tight end, Elias Williams named uh, Florida State his leader, Coming out of the weekend, which I mean is huge. This guy's six foot eight, two hundred and twenty, two hundred and thirty pounds, going to be an absolute freak in that twenty twenty five class. Another twenty twenty five five star prospect, wide receiver Caleb Cunningham out of Mississippi, also named Florida State his leader. Now you got to remember, Mississippi, Florida State hasn't had the best luck there um, on the recruiting trail over <laughs> over the last couple of years, to say the least. So we'll see how that how that one goes. But I mean, man, just seeing all these blue chip prospects give rave reviews of Florida State. And, I mean, even naming them the leader at certain points of their recruitment is is absolutely huge. And, like I said, 11 five-star prospects. It's really seemed like it's going to be uh, a recruiting event that's hard to top for FSU moving forward, maybe one of the best in years when you look at all the talent that was in Tallahassee. I mean, a couple of guys didn't even mention, you know, five-star quarterback Michael uh, Tolafessa, <laughs> five-star wide receiver Cameron Coleman five-star defensive lineman, Camarion Franklin, five-star defensive lineman, Jamonte Waller, five-star offensive lineman, Mason Short, five-star offensive lineman, Zayden Walker, and five-star defensive back, DJ Pickett. So, I mean, man, just so much talent in Tallahassee and say You can tell that their momentum, not only on the field, but also on the recruiting trail, is moving in the right direction. And this coaching staff, like I said, really good at connecting with these guys, and especially whenever they get them on campus, they really blow it out of the park. So, It was very calculated. We talked about the Jermaine Johnson All-American Brick Ceremony earlier. It was very calculated, I feel like, to have that ceremony kind of uh, contend with this event, to kind of have them at the same time, to be able to have these recruits around there, to see that moment, to see how passionate Mike Norvell was for one of his former players to be honored like that. It had a lot of them talking about it coming out of the trip, like, hey, maybe I could have a brick uh, one day day myself. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see, but it seems like Florida State... You know, it's still very early in the offseason, just beginning the spring. But where they're sitting in a lot of recruitments with top players across the country, Florida State, is trending in uh, the right direction. So we'll see if that continues over the next couple of months. Spring showcase in April is going to be another big opportunity. And then official visits, I mean, they'll start kicking off in June.
0: Ooh, goodness gracious. Recruiting never stops. Casey nope. is on here from Facebook asking about how about – that recruits mom tweeting that she finally heard what she needed to hear as a mother yeah. while on the visit with us. And I saw That's that tweet that. too, but I don't specifically know the recruits name.
1: That's Armando uh, Blount. He's a 2025 five-star defensive lineman. who was actually on campus yesterday for quite some time. It appeared. Mm, man. Mm. So. Hmm. Hmm. For to say it. I mean, they're like I said, top players in the country, whether it's a 24 class now or 2025, which, I mean, man, 2025 is looking insane with the amount of five-star guys that just keep talking about Florida State. Now you can add um, Armando to the list. So,
0: Yeah, I'm going to say if you're on the good side with mom. That's where you want to be. That's exactly where you want to be. That's exactly where you want to be. But it just so helps that it is a five-star defensive tackle, which I believe the last time Florida State had one of those. Well, I mean, there's Marvin Wilson, yes. Yes, but you could go back. Into one of my favorite players of all time, Timmy Jernigan. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's gonna wrap up this episode, about an hour and a half of this. Uh, before you guys leave, though, I would definitely be appreciative. We, I would appreciate a ton if you hit that like button and it kind of helps us get this to more FSU fans and it creates a better chat. It brings in more FSU fans to be able to bring up some topics that maybe you weren't thinking of that maybe someone else could bring up and we can give some answers to. So I appreciate everybody always coming on here and smacking that like button for us on YouTube. If you're on Facebook, Twitter shoot everywhere. We are at Null Game Day. Make sure that you guys are following the socials down below. This is our Twitter's Mine's at Logan's Twitty, and then Dustin's is over there at Dustin Lewis NG. Dustin and our guy Tommy on hand at practices for the rest of spring camp, which is going to be a fun one. So I uh, appreciate everybody listening in with us. We have full coverage coming on nolegamedate.com. We also have our third episode with Brian Stork, former 2013 national champion and Remington Award winner and Super Bowl champion. I mean, I don't know what else, but a former coach, probably going to be a coach again, but we're going to have our third episode with him. We're hoping to share some more details on that very soon. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up the episode. Dustin, I appreciate everyone. Y'all have a great rest of y'all's week and we will talk to you guys next Wednesday at 8 PM. Peace.
1: Five same color t-shirt, white Mama told me,
0: not to sell, word. Mama 17 Five same color t-shirt, white Mama told me, uh, not to sell, worth Mama 17